This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. I'm Will Brinson, the host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. We are not just audio, though. If you love the YouTubes, you love seeing a tall, tan, handsome fella like Pete Prisco. Hey, I, I saw that tweet about RJ. You don't talk about RJ that enough. <laughs> Give him some love, would you? But this, RJ and I aren't tan. You're tan. Fine, fine. You want to? You want to see? Um, beautiful. He got nothing. Court, he has nothing. He has nothing. He had nothing. He had nothing ready to go. Yeah. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Beautiful like blue about, eyes. How about that? There you go. Well, beautiful you. blue eyes of RJ White. Do you want to see the uh, the thick, luxurious mane? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty furry these days. Uh, in more agree? ways, in more ways than one. You come on, you do hits, and your shirt's open. It's like a, it's like a chia pet growing out of there. It's ridiculous. No, I put up for you. I can take you down if you want. No, please don't. Please uh, don't. All right. Anyway, let's talk some football. He's the guy. He's the guy that walks on the beach. Hey, sir, sir, no sweaters on the beach. <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, let's talk about our standings from last week. You can only mock him so long before he gets hot. Pete Prisco turning it on in a big way. Five and one last week, moving up to ten and eight. 555 percentage on the season. RJ, uh, with a, uh, tied exactly with RJ right there. RJ with a tough, tough week, three and five, down to 15 and 12 in the season. And a very tough week for yours truly, two and four last week, 14, eight and one, still above 60%. Probably should have seen that coming. If you're hitting, if you're batting, if you're shooting 70% from the field and you usually shoot about 50, eh, 51 to 52% from the field, maybe you're going to regress. It's like the Bears defense. We're all over, we're all over five hundred. Still, some of the right, area. No. Huge year, huge, huge week for you. The parlay was a what, Pete? Loser. That's right. In fact, it wasn't even. By the way, the, it wasn't even not close. Even close. No. Not even close. The uh, two of the teams, the two favorites we picked to win and cover, lost outright. <laughs> so good for us. Well, at least one of them, one of them had a chance to win and cover. The other one had no chance at all to yeah, cover. The Colts got blown out by the, by the Raiders. One of them completely abandoned yeah. what they did successfully on offense for three weeks. I know. It was, it was bizarre. Uh, also would, worth noting the 10 point teaser, under teaser that I like did not hit. Jags, Broncos under, Bears, Vikings under, and Bills, Pats under. Although Bills, Pats under, cakewalk for that under. Uh, and we, we love that. That was one of yeah. our favorites. Yeah. In fact, I hope people bet on the Bills and the Bills under parlay. As RJ pointed out, you were allowed to do it. Even you were. Though it's, uh, um, I told him that. that. He didn't believe me. What's that? It's you only restricted on like the biggest lines, like the the you, one the ones that like you get plus fifteen and the yeah. over under is like forty one. Then they don't want to give it to you because once the the scoring is so short, then You're, of course it's going to cover. Princeton was fighting us on that one last week. Well, fighting. You know what? I bet it. So I won. I bet it big on Sunday. By the way, before we get in the picks, I'd like to offer some thoughts and prayers to Greg Rosenthal for going through life with the face that he has. <laughs> Jeez, that is aggressive. 
<laughs> and also, I'd like to offer thoughts and prayers to Greg Rosenthal for being the kid his entire life that everybody picked on in school. Are you going to take shots at Anthony Jeselnik, too? No, but Anthony Jeselnik, who, by the way, that thoughts and prayers is clearly Anthony Jeselnik's thing. If you've watched it, right, that's right, his right, thing. Right, right. If you watched... Just very quickly, for those that don't know, uh, we did a uh, ad swap with the... Uh, uh, Rosenthal, Jeselnik, Vanity Project. We did some reads for them last week. Greg and uh, Anthony did a read for us this week. And Pete <laughs> caught some errant, like a stray bullet <laughs> during the. Well, I got, uh, it was okay. If I would have caught the stray bullet <laughs> from Jeselnik, I would have been okay with it. But I caught it from <laughs> Greg Rosenthal of all people. He, he made a crack about me looking like some uh, you can't face you can't look at or something. I'm like, I looked at his picture. I'm like, are you kidding me, kid? <laughs> I mean, come I, on. I will, say, I will say that Greg did point out he's been reading you for like 20 years. So there was like, well, that, that's that's like another little shot. That means I'm an old fart. <laughs> oh, that's the fact, hashtag facts. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, this week uh, I turn another Saturday. I turn another year older, if you can believe that. 29 again. Uh, can you believe it, RJ? I just turned 29. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so Jeselnik took a shot at, at, um, Brady. Brady, Jeselnik's shot at Brady was worse than Rosenthal's shot at mine about he's a pretty boy and all that, but you know there's nothing upstairs or whatever he said. I feel like a, he said that Brady's so good looking that you know there's something mentally wrong with him. Which I yeah, basically. Yeah. Come on. It was a shot, it was a veiled shot at all of us because the only, the reason why he said that is because he's on this podcast. When you're that good looking, you don't need to do podcasts was the insinuation. It was unbelievable. I mean, I told you about the time on Christmas Eve and I was like, yeah, I got to go upstairs and do the podcast with Brady. And my in-laws were like, Brady, like Tom Brady? I was like, no, no, please, not Tom Brady. And then By the like, way, we, yeah, like Brady and, Quinn, they're like, man, he's really fallen far in life if he's doing this Oh, podcast. my God. <laughs> By the way, a uh, couple things real quick. Uh, Brady Quinn last week, I'm, I'm having a few drinks at the pub with my wife watching the football game. And he comes on and he's wearing that ugly checkered suit. I don't know if you saw him on the pregame show. The guys yeah. next to me were having a few drinks and they go, what the heck is Brady Quinn wearing? <laughs> and so I text him and he goes, a suit. You know, Brady and his. Uh, the other thing is uh, for Greg Rosenthal, when you've come at me, I'm coming right back at you. And this is a true story. One year at the Super Bowl in Tampa, there was an insult comic. And he was uh, in the dunk tank, and this woman got up there, and he insulted her to the point where she was crying. To, and I felt bad for her, so I moved her out of the way. And I just totally destroyed the insult comic to the point where everybody around me was clapping and cheering because he was so mean. And then I dunked him in the Local soup. hero, Pete Person. I, dun- I dunked him in the toilet water, and I told him, get your three bucks an hour for that. <laughs> so I'm already 1-0 and on the day. I had under four minutes till Pete Prisco brings up the Greg Rosenthal hit. So oh, well. Cash that I, I mean, I mean, look, you come for me. I'm coming right back at you, dude. You knew I was, Brinson. What's that? And by the way, I like Greg. It's just, you, Greg, you know, Greg's I can give great. it. Go listen to the podcast, the Jeselnik. Uh, oh, it's uh, a good Jeselnik. podcast because I love, I love Anthony Jeselnik and those two are good friends. We've talked a lot about the two of them and, uh, yeah, it's a great podcast. You're just, you come at me, I'm coming at you. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll get you on the Jeselnik Rosenthal Vanity Projects and you can love to. Uh, you talk it out. By the way, first inning walk as we're recording this, uh, Ronald Acuna, Braves have a man on first. Let's go, Braves. Uh, if, if the Braves are, 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 are you a Braves fan now? Yeah, I've always been a Braves fan. You have? I didn't know that. Yeah. Favorite team growing up. Did you, did you know? I'm a Braves fan. You are? I'm a Yankees fan. I got into baseball. Ugh. I was living in, in, uh, Fort McClellan, Alabama, two hours away from Atlanta. Great. Two Braves fans. That's, yeah, it's crazy. A lot, of, a lot of pain in this, in this room on this podcast. All right. Let's get to some games. Make some picks, some best bets. Ravens minus three at the Steelers. Over under 44 and a half. Pete, do you remember a t- the last time 
a team in this rivalry was a uh, maybe maybe it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like I think a while. Pittsburgh's since, been favored at Baltimore recently. Maybe oh, Pittsburgh's yeah. been favored at Baltimore. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. it feels like it's almost always the home team minus two and a half or minus three. I mean, this is a pretty rare occasion. It shows how far the Steelers have fallen, right? Not after this week. <laughs> I think the Steelers are going to not only win this game, but I think the Browns lose to the 49ers and the Steelers will be tied for the division. I, I think the Steelers are the play here. Uh, Ravens defense is awful with a capital A. Did you see they went out and picked up two street linebackers this week? You know, Bynes and Fort. And to me, that tells you they're desperate at that position. The secondary is playing poorly. Uh, they missed those guys that they let go. They didn't have Brandon Williams last week. And now you got Earl Thomas and Brandon Williams getting into it. And Earl Thomas, by the way, is stinking up the joint too. It's a problem. And I, I look, I don't love the way the Steelers are playing, but defensively they seem, and the Bengals stink on offense, but they seem to find something last week. I think that defense is getting better. The offensive line, the left side had been a problem. They played better last week. Uh, I'll take Mason Rudolph, and you're going to give me the points. I think they win the game outright. Yeah, they play, the defense played better last week, but they had given up 400 yards each of their first three games. Ravens are 395 plus. Minka, baby. So, yeah, maybe it's Minka, but I, I don't know if they're going to be able to slow the Ravens down that much if they revert to what they had been the first few games of the season. Uh, Rudolph still needs to prove he can stretch the defense. You know, he had that pass, even against a bad pass defense against Baltimore, I don't know that he can do it. It seems like it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk. And Baltimore fell apart against two good offenses. I'm not sure Pittsburgh qualifies with, with Rudolph, especially with the injuries, because you got James Connors missing practice, Juju's missing practice, Vance McDonald's missing practice, so who knows who he's going to be throwing to. If it's just Deontay Johnson and Moncrief and all the Juju play, players. Um, so... Uh, the other stat I like in this is Baltimore 7-2-2 two two against the spread in Pittsburgh in the Harbaugh-Tomlin matchups during the regular season. So he has a lot of success. Now, usually we brought it up that the Ravens usually go in there as underdogs. So that's part of it. But, you know, he does have success against the spread, playing better than people think. So minus three, it's going to be a lean to me. Ravens minus three, I'm not going to go ahead and throw it on it because it's a it's, good rivalry. It's a best bet for me, no question. Uh I like Pittsburgh in this spot. I, I think. I don't want it to be any wish casting, you know, where, uh, where I, where I root for the Steelers because I'm, I'm hoping Pittsburgh can get back in the race, but I, I think they look at it with two games left before the bye. They know they have a home game against Baltimore. They're probably going to have a home game against the Chargers where they're, you know, there are going to be a ton of Steelers fans. And if they can make something happen with that defense and then just get some points together, I mean, you saw the junk they threw at Cincinnati on Monday night with Jalen Samuels running the Wildcat. I mean, I, I think they're going to, it's a kitchen sink game for them against Baltimore. And I like Pittsburgh to win the game outright at home, but, uh, obviously not a, a consensus pick with RJ. By the way, even if they win this game, Brinson, your Super Bowl pick is shot. Just stop it. Super Bowl pick shot. They can still win the division. Yeah, but then you pick them to go to the Super Bowl. That's what I don't you're. Care. W- I got money on them to win this division. If they win the oh, okay. AFC North, right. I, 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 you I, think, RJ, didn't you think he was trying to uh, yeah. go back to a Super Bowl pick? I'll have a Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe they'll trade for Eli Manning. No, maybe they won't. That was a bad joke that actually would make sense, huh? Uh, <laughs> Colts and Chiefs Sunday night football. <laughs> a little shootout potential here. The highest over under on the board, I believe, at fifty six and a half. Chiefs minus eleven. You gonna gobble that chalk up, Pete, on this Sunday night game? Well, A, I gobble the chalk up for sure, but B, I gobble the over under. I love the over in this game. It's, it's soaring over that total. I know it's high. This is going into the sixties. I think the Chiefs, after what happened last week, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown pass. Did not throw one. He'll throw four or five this week. He's going to light them up. And I think the Colts will get some garbage time stuff. I think, you know, Brissett will throw for some yards and some scores at the end. And I think the Chiefs blow them out, but I think the over is the main play. I love the over. So you're looking at like 41-24 kind of game? Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, we know the Chiefs are going to score their points. I think the Colts can shorten the game with their rush attack. And Marlon Mack's missing practice, so maybe that's not a good good uh, indication of that. But they're top 10 in rush offense efficiency. Chiefs are next to last in the same stat. They're last in yards per attempt. They're, they're the worst rush defense in the The league. problem is, though, RJ, and I, I agree with you, you, you know, some people go in there and they say, okay, we're going to shorten the game and play, but then you look up and you're down 14 nothing, and that goes out the window. Yeah, but with the Colts' offensive line, I think they can churn out the game and, and churn out first downs and keep the clock moving and kind of shorten this game up a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I'm going to stay away. I, it could be 10 points. My The look-ahead line, I believe, was 9, 9.5, and, and now it's up to 11. Um, so I think it's probably 10 is about right where it's going to end. So probably stay away. I would lean to the Colts just getting the 11. Uh, if, they, if they get healthier, I think Hilton did return to practice on Thursday. Maybe I would think about taking them. What so, about the over-under? The over-under, 56.5 is a lot. I mean, It is. We've seen historically primetime games tend to go over. Um, that hasn't really been the case this year. We've seen a lot of unders come in. Um, 56 and a half. I think you got to know that the Colts are going to score points, obviously, in this game. So um, I, I would probably lean to the over, like you're saying, but again, probably stay away from me. I would uh, I would actually go under here. I think the, I think it's too high. Uh, the, the, the Colts are fourth in the NFL in terms of time of possession per drive at three minutes and 12 seconds. And Kansas City's right about average at, at 251. And I realize, look, if, if Patrick Mahomes brings his A game in, in, in prime time, he can name his price and, and name as many shots as he wants. I mean, like if Tyreek Hill plays, which would be a bit of a surprise, I think that he's back this early, but he could play. Um, this team could hang. 50 by themselves on, on just about anybody. And Indy's defense is not good. But I think because Indy's defense is not good, you might see a little bit more methodical approach from Kansas City. So I would, I would lean under here. I think I like the Chiefs minus 11, but that, yeah, that's a lot of points. Did have Darius uh, no, Leonard back at practice too. So Darius Leonard is a huge part of that defense. So yeah, that might be what brings, keeps it into seven or 10 instead of 14 or seven. I played that well as well in the first couple of games though, when he, before he got hurt. But if Leonard and Hilton play, I would probably lean towards the, the Colts. I don't, I don't really. That's a big that. number. I, I, the over is my, my best bet. Okay. Um, Bucks at Saints. Saints minus three and a half over under 47. The Teddy Bridge. What do you think about Teddy Bridgewater, Pete? Throwing yeah, it downfield. He's, he's, oh, he's been average. He's been average. He's been average. Bombs down the field and the Saints are winning. What do you think? He's average. Um, I, look, I love the kid and it's a great story. He's one of my favorite guys in the league and I, I hope he comes back and ends up starting again somewhere. I like him as a guy. Uh, but you know, he's average as a quarterback. And, and, and I think when you look at this back to back row games for the Bucks concerns me. But, and the Saints defense is playing really good football. But I think when you put a lot into a game like they did the other night, uh, and then face a division foe that's feeling a little good about itself, the way they're playing on offense. And I watched the tape on the Bucks the other night. I'm telling you, they dominated the Rams' defensive line, and I think they're going to be able to block this defensive line as well. I think Winston will get his points. If you're going to give me the points, I'll take them. I don't think they win the game, but I think it's really, really close. Yeah, Bucksy is number one against the run. The scoring is going to fall on Teddy Bridgewater's shoulders. Uh, he's next to last in yards per completion. I don't know if he can handle that. The Saints offense has gained 265 and 266 yards in his two starts. That's not great. You know, you're not going to win a lot of games like that, even though they're two and zero. Um, but the last six times the team scored 50 plus and then had a game the next week, the, the total went under. So that's why I'm going under 47 for my best bet. That stat six and one since 2017. The Bucks took a cross country trip and scored 55 back on the road. I don't think the offense is going to be ready to roll again. Uh, the look ahead line was six and a half. So it's three in a lot of spots now. So I think we're getting value on Saints. I would lean toward the Saints minus three just because it's value against that number that everybody thought, uh, how the, you know, do you really move the line three and a half points just based on one game from the Bucks? Because the Saints won too. I mean, you're not just. And, and shut down the Cowboys, which is weird, which is why that number is right. squeezed. The Saints away. defense looks pretty good and they right. carry team to win. So, um, I would lean Saints minus three, but best bet under, I think it's going to be a low scoring game under 47. Uh, I like the under here as well. Um, I think 
you look at the Saints and what they want to do. They don't want to get in a shootout here. You can't get in a shootout with Tampa Bay when you got Teddy Bridgewater under center. They need to run the ball, control the clock, uh, use uh, Alvin Kamara in the short passing game. And by the way, the Saints, I don't know how I don't know how, how to quantify it because Teddy Bridgewater's out. But their September, October, like early season, mid season splits against the spread are crazy. Twenty two and five against the spread in their last twenty seven games in October. Um, and then the under four and one of their last five October games. I, I think Tampa Bay. I think Ronald Jones is going to have a nice little game here. I think he's kind of emerging as 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 a guy that they can lean on uh, in terms of in terms of running the ball. New Orleans not as good as I thought they would be when we saw the DVOA. Numbers come out. In fact, they were down near the, down near the bottom, particularly in pass defense. So that worries me a little, but I think that, so, like, Lattimore can, uh, Lattimore can lock down Mike Evans and then. If he plays like he did last week, he doesn't always play like that. I mean, he's the most inconsistent corner in the league. No. I mean, I think this is going to be a problem for them. I think the secondary will be a problem for them. I, I, I think the Bucks are going to score points in this game. Well, speaking about inconsistency, we just saw a, a great Jameis Winston game. What do we see usually after a great in- Jameis Winston game? Right. Terrible Jameis Winston right. game. So. Uh, but again, you got to cover those guys. There's a lot of bodies to cover on that mm-hmm. on that offense. It's tough. It's a tough. And if their line plays like it did last week, they're going to get time to throw the football. If he has time, he's fine. Mm-hmm. The problem with he but, gets but is when he starts. But don't don't you worry? Don't you worry a little bit about? And we talked about this some of our text before the show. But like they have, they did a great job of blocking Aaron Donald. The the Saints have a lot more like guys to rush the pass. Do they? Right? If you block Cam Jordan, you're going to block the Saints. That's the way I see it. Rankins, when he's healthy, but he's coming off the. The Achilles last week was the first game. Davenport's flashed at times, not great. I think they're 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 you can block them too. And I Who's think that line defense, better defense. Saints or the Rams? Oh, the Saints probably do right now. Yeah, it's okay. the Saints. I mean, up until last week, we might have said the Rams though, because the Rams defense has actually been playing decent football. But last week was a meltdown. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh. All right, I I can't back you on the Bucks with the points. Uh, do you like the under, Pete, or do you like the over? I probably lean to the under. Uh, because all the stats you said, and I think that, you know, I don't think the Bucks are going to go nuts on offense, but I don't think the Saints are going to score that much either. I think it's going to be a little scoring. Yeah, let's put that in. Let's put that in as one of our parlays. Okay. Opening leg of the pick six parlay. It's got to hit one of these days. Saints under 47. Next up, Packers of the Cowboys. Cowboys minus three and a half over under 47. Oh, Pete, we got a little, uh, face off. Dance off. I don't know what you call it. Uh, I got the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys in this spot. You like the Packers. Uh, even though Devontae Adams probably not playing, you like Green Bay here. Aaron Rodgers has been phenomenal against the Cowboys in his career, by the way. If you look at the numbers, he's been outstanding against them. And I think that'll play out here a little bit. When I look at, when I look at, um, the Packers, I see their defensive flaws being they play too many little guys. And this isn't a game where you're going to play too many little guys. And don't get me wrong, I love what Mike Pettin does. He moves guys around, he plays that dime, that nickel, but he never, he always has the big nickel. He never has linebackers on the field. He has one. This is a game you can't do that. So he's going to get away from that a little bit. Obviously, you got to focus on shutting down Elliott. I'm concerned about that, but I think he'll be smart enough to adapt to that and adjust his defense to it. They won't slow him. They won't shut him down, but they'll slow him down a little bit. No Tyron Smith worries me for the Cowboys as well. Uh, so I'll take the Packers. 
with the points. I don't think they win the game, but I think they cover the number. Yeah, he mentioned Devontae Adams, but I think Tyron Smith is the biggest injury in this game because that line kind of falls apart when he's not there. We've seen it time and again. That offense just can't get going when he's not there. And then Lyle Collins also isn't practicing. So you're missing both your tackles. The the interior of that line hasn't been as great. So even if you think Elliott can run all over a bad Green Bay rush defense, he has to have the linemen in front of him to do that. Uh, both these have played well. Top 10 in points per drive, top 6 in net yards per pass attempt. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. My lean here is to the under again. Um, you know, both teams have struggled against the run. That can mean a lot of chewing up the clock again and uh, a lot of long drives. Both Gallup and Cooper still dealing with injuries. Dallas offense is going to go through Zeke. And under 47 is my best play. I would lean to the Packers as well, just getting that hook with the three and a half um, if I had to take the spread. Uh, I've got the under as a top play as well, the under and the Cowboys minus three and a half. The Tyron Smith that thing definitely worries me. I just don't think the Packers can stop anybody on the run. I mean, they just looked lost against the run. Well, because they, they don't have anybody on the field. I mean, go back and look at it. And it's, it, 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 and I get it because I know why he does it. He plays a lot of little guys and they stand up and they move around and he, he has all these, uh, you know, exotic looks. And that's all well and good. The way the game is played nowadays, but when teams just want to pound it at him, you're not big enough. You're getting blocked. And the next thing you know, you got a seven yard ripping off a seven yard game. He's got to adjust in this game. If he has all those defensive backs on the field in this game, they will run it on him. I don't care if Tyron Smith's not the, isn't, isn't but there that's or not. What so what, what's the, what's the, does he, can he, does he have the personnel? He's got to put he another, have... yeah, he's got to put the other linebacker and keep him on the field. Now granted, they lost their starting linebacker in preseason, Burks, and, and, and they're playing Goodson when they go to him, but you have to play him. You have to play right. him. So if you do that, I mean, and look, a lot, look, a lot of this for me is going to come down to will Kellen Moore get away from the tendencies he showed against the Saints and go back to what they showed early on when they were passing on first down early. You, you like, see, here's why. When the Cowboys go to the three receiver looks and say they run out of that, you've got the people to match up with them. You have Alexander, you have King, you have Traymond Williams, you have the two safeties who can fly, you know, Savage can cover a lot of ground. So you don't have to go to the, the, the small little, uh, dime, you know, big li- buck linebacker, safety linebacker slash hybrid guy. You don't have to do that. So I think this week he better not do it or else we're going to run on him all day. You better be passing on first down too because they're going to be expecting run on first down. If you're just passing when they expect you to pass, they're going to eat up those tackles. So you get your passes on first down when I agree. The, the rush isn't as, as strong and then you're moving the ball, you know, and then you're running Zeke on second and one instead of second and By the way, Zadarius Smith was hurt last week and you could clearly see it. He wasn't the same player. He, he went into that game. Remember he was questionable and you mm-hmm. can see he wasn't the same player. Well, he's got 10 days of rest now. Uh, the one thing I think sort of flying under the radar is how good the Cowboys have been against the run. And I think that could be a problem if Matt LaFleur tries to, tries to do his normal run, you know, establish a run type of situation. They gave it 151 to the, to the Giants, but 59 of that was to own a crazy Saquon long run. Uh, then 47 to the Redskins, 72 to the Dolphins. I get it, but those teams stink, but just 117 to the Saints who have a very good offensive line. So I think it's possible that they make the, they make the Packers one dimensional here, which is problematic if there's no, by the way. All that talk about LaFleur and the Rodgers offense and whose offense would it be? It, when you watch that game the other night, it's Rodgers offense. There's not, when they're throwing the football, there's not a lot of bunches. There's not a lot of pre-snap movement. It's Rodgers offense when they throw the football. There's no question about that. And to your point about, yeah, they, they held down the Saints rushing game. Well, they didn't have to play like for the deep pass because Teddy wasn't throwing it deep. You know, you're not going to get away with that with Aaron Rodgers. You got to defend the whole field when you're defending Aaron Rodgers. So you can't just play everybody up close and, and think you're going to shut down the run. All right. I mean, look, do you think what the Packers did against the Eagles, Pete, are you concerned long-term about their red zone play calling? Well, I mean, it's stupid. You get on the one-yard line, you sneak the ball in three times. That was dumb. I mean, that's just are you, stubbornness. Are you, is it, were you, I mean, like as someone who picked the Packers to win the World win the No, World one game doesn't change me off of that. I'm more okay. concerned about the way they're playing defense because you can't stick to that 
all the time. If teams are going to run on you, you got to adjust to it. And they just didn't do it the other night. That's why the Eagles got to give you Eagles credit. They stuck with it. They ran it right down their throat. Um, all right. You don't want to take the under there, do you? I mean, I would lean to the under. You can throw it in. Let's throw that in too. I like the under. All right. A lot of unders. Cowboys under 47. Second leg of the pick six parlay. Next up, Bills at Titans. Speaking of an under game, this is actually off the board, RJ, in a lot of spots. And I don't know if you know, like, I don't know why. I assume it's a Josh Allen concussion yeah, still, protocol. Thing. Yeah. There's still, since he's practicing in a limited fashion, he hasn't been ruled out yet. They're obviously going to get the call on that later in the week and then they'll put out the line. How much will that move the line? I would say you would think it's not that much because Josh Allen hasn't played that right. well for, for people, but. You know, Matt Barkley's a journeyman. He had one, he had one start last year, 41 to 10. They beat the Jets in, in the, the MetLife. So. What's the line right now? Because somebody has it up somewhere. I've seen threes. I've seen two, two and a half. Tennessee, three, two and a half. And I think that's. Titans minus three. And I think that's under the expectation that Barkley's starting. If Allen's starting, that line's going to come down some. It'll be closer to pick him, I would think. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I wouldn't. I would have I would have thought the Titans are favored no matter what, at least point and a half, two, but you know better than me, but, um, I don't think he plays. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I think this is all, you know, we'll f let them think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, and I don't think Barkley's that bad. I mean, like I said, he won at the Jets. It's not like the Jets were an amazing team, but they were solid last year. And uh I like fading Tennessee as a favorite. 11, 17, and 2 against the spread since, since 2015 when they're favored. And then after a win, they're an NFL worst 10, 20, and 1 against the spread since 2015. So this is not a team that responds well to winning. That's the Marcus Mariota train. So uh that's why I like fading oh. Down, roller coaster, up, down. Buffalo defense is elite, number two in points per drive, number three in net yards per pass attempt. Tennessee also has a solid D, but it's an average offense. I don't think they're going to run away with this one. And I think Barkley does enough to get the Bills to win, even if he has to start. So my leans to Buffalo plus three, but because we have a lot of uncertainty with the quarterback situation, we're not ready to put it in yet. I want to see if I can get Barkley at like a plus three and a half, plus four before I do that. I lean to the Bills as well. I, I, I just can't take the Titans to, I just can't. I, I, I don't understand what they are, who they are, what's their identity, what's Mario? He's playing good, right? He's well, he hasn't thrown an interception the whole season, but do we even think he's good? I'm taking the Bills as well. I think that defense is special. Uh, I've got, I like the Bills too. This, this defense is awesome. Buffalo is great. I mean, if they had, I mean, I, I don't see how either team really scores to be perfectly honest either. Did you take the under Pete? I would take I the under. Did. Absolutely. That's an under. I think, I think, I think you put the under. Yeah, that's my bet. bet. My best bet is okay. one of the unders. Yeah. Sorry, you're getting up there. You got, Saturday's a big day. So that's a, so are you in that? Are you on the under too? You talk me into the under. What do you think, RJ? Uh, 30 and a half is kind of low. It um, is low. It's, th these two teams have those weird defensive scores that come out of nowhere. So I'm a little bit hesitant of that. I prefer Bills plus three, like I said, plus three and a half when, once the line comes up and, and Allen's ruled out. I'm on Buffalo too. So if you want to put them in the party, like, we can Bills, Bills yeah, I had, I had the Bills listed as one of my best bets. I think, okay. I think the Bills are a better team. And I think this is one of those games that Sean McDermott, gets the most out of his team and he shows up even with Matt Barkley they'll design a couple of things to get some scoring plays I didn't think Barkley looked that bad when he came in he was up against the best defense in football in the Patriots uh and I think Frank Gore's kind of running in an inspired fashion he's he's toting the ball man and that um, Bills I, offense played better than the Patriots offense in that game let's be clear about that let's back that up I know the Patriots won they had that block pun for a touchdown I'm not going to sit here and whine about it the, the Bills should have got the win should have got the win but I thought the offense played better even with when Barkley came in than what New England did credit to New England for getting a win obviously they know how to get wins if, if, for sure, if Josh Allen doesn't throw one pass off his back foot which was a terrible throw he has a touchdown if he throws it out he steps into it it was a terrible throw the one throw, he never saw the safety. McCourty come over, never even saw him. Right. 
Uh, and then there were a couple plays where he made some good plays. He took some shots and, and, and it was just, that was one of those games where they were going to throw everything at him on the back end because that's what they do. And there were going to be mistakes when we talked about it last week. He was going to make mistakes against that. Everybody makes mistakes against that secondary. They're playing unbelievable football. Yeah, definitely a bad game from him, but a bad game from Brady too. 18 yeah, 39 passing. I mean, you don't really see that from them. They couldn't really get the run game going. This was a defensive game through and through and either team could have win. I thought the Bills offense played a little bit. One of my Prisco proclamations on uh, FFT that morning was uh, that Josh Allen would outscore Tom Brady. Well, he did. He had eight points to four, I think, in fantasy points. Mm. It's good. It's a good call. It's almost as good as my preseason prediction that it, uh, that Vance McDonald and uh, Jalen Samuels would have more touchdowns each than Antonio Brown this year. Pretty smart, huh? <laughs> well, gosh. What? You're well. I mean, you didn't. You didn't uh, have. If he plays the whole season, you don't believe that, do you? That was the whole point, though. I didn't think he was going to play the whole, the whole season. Crazy. Did person. you get down on that? Uh, there's no way you could wager on that. I just, uh, I just said it on a video. If uh, I could have wagered on it, I would have. It would have been great, great odds. Um, okay. So we're going to add, that's our three teams. Uh, oh, one more, one more best bet for you, Pete. Browns at 49ers, 49ers minus three and a half over under 46 and a half. That's the Monday night game. I'll let you get into the best bet, but I'm going to lead you there a little bit. How good is this defense? The front is good. The front is really good. You know, the back end can get picked apart a little bit. They're not great back there, although Witherspoon's playing outstanding football for him on the corner. For me, this is back-to-back road games for the Browns. They're a little full themselves after beating the Ravens. Uh, the 49ers are coming off a bye. They're well-rested. And I think that's all going to play into this. I think the mismatch here is that defensive front against the Browns' offensive line, even though the Browns' offensive line played better last week, and I think that's going to show up. I'll lay the points. I'll take the 49ers. 100% with you. That That's such a huge mismatch. San Francisco's D is number two in DVOA. And then like all their top 10 and all the stats you can look at. Um, the Cleveland's coming off that big win. The offense is still 24th in DVOA. Good, not great in other stats. Spotty in prime time. They beat a third string Jets quarterback in an ugly, but then they played ugly against the Rams. So I don't know. San Francisco's first in turnover percentage per drive on offense. First in turnover percentage drive on defense. So they're taking it away and they're not giving it away. And that's how you win games and, uh, and don't let, you know, teams come and upset you in your house. So I like the extra rest for 49ers. The one thing that worries me is they're at the Rams the next week. So it could get caught looking ahead, but that's why it's only a lean for me. But I do, I would go with the 49ers as well. Hmm. I like the 49ers too. That, that three and a half is so rancid. Like it's, it's begging people to take the Browns. I mean, right? Like it's like, Hey, look, look at Cleveland. Big Especially win. after la- particularly after last week, right. you would think most people will, with that number being what it is, most people will probably take the Browns. Wow. It's actually up to four. So most people are taking the Browns then. No. Nope. <laughs> Bridget, oh. so that's got to go into the parlay then. We all like the Niners. Yeah, I don't know where you're seeing four. I'm seeing so, three and a half uh, everywhere. 50, 55% of the bets per action network are on Cleveland and the number went from three and a half to four. That's a red flag for like, that means you want to take the Niners. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting four. I've seen three and a half everywhere. My the look ahead was four and a half too. So it did come down one off the, the big Browns performance. So Brinson, that has to go into the, into our parlay because we all like the Niners. It certainly could. What do you think about throwing the 49ers money line in the parlay instead? No, throw them into the, into the, because well, you, it's minus two hundred for their money line, but if you have, um, I can't get the Bills in here, but I can use the Packers as an example instead. Packers plus three. Uh, if we did that parlay, it would pay out, including the money line. Is what I'm saying. Uh, nine and a half to one. Now, if you wanted to get rid of the money line, it would probably pay fifteen in, to one. 
10, 10 to one basically. Yeah. So it's all it. So giving the three and a half only takes it up a, po- a percentage point. It's not a whole lot. Yeah, I'd probably do the money. Let's, let's do, do the do money, money line then. All right. Uh, okay, let's, uh, got a couple right. more we're gonna ask you yeah, about Pete, because I'm Jay and I are in consensus. <laughs> Do you hear what we just said, Brinson? I said, that doesn't sound right, and RJ says, I don't trust him. I don't <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. Alright, let's go through Pete's best bets. <laughs> yeah, he just glosses it over! Whatever. Put it in! Put it in? Figure it out! Mean? Figure it out! I mean, it's well, hold like on, we're gonna go through your best bets. We're gonna ask you about a couple more games. Here's Pete's best bets. Walk us through them, Pete. All right, I got the Steelers to win. I think they went outright, so if you want to play that one on the money line, go ahead. Uh, I like the over in the Chiefs and uh, Colts. I like the Bucks plus the three and a half because I like the hook there. I like the Packers with the hook in Dallas. Uh, give me the over with the Bills and Titans. Um, no, that was an under, wasn't it? Under Bills and under, Titans. Yeah, under Bills and Titans. Yeah, and then the Niners minus three and a half on Monday night. So I got a six-pack for you this week. I'm going heavy. I'm going heavy. I'm trying to. Hey, I did it last week and it got going. So catch up with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So look, the four game parlay with the 49ers money line would pay out nine point seven to one. Okay. If we change out, because that's minus one eighty five is what I'm seeing on the money line here that I'm using on the site. Okay. The 49ers minus three and a half is minus one oh five. If we swap that in, it pay. Okay, they're right. I don't know what my other site was doing. It says. 12, 12 and a half to one. Right, That's yeah. right. Okay. So I say we lay the points. Let's do it. Be bold. Okay. Be bold. Yeah. Right. We're not, right. we're not, we're not playing just for that. We're lay the points. Okay. All right. Now two more games to repeat that we'll get you out of here because you've got to go do a show with me at 615. Yeah. Um, Pats and Redskins. Except you sit in the chair. I got to go on the set. You don't move. Oh, you're in the office today. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, I don't move. I don't move for the rest of the night except to change shirts. Pats at Redskins, Patriots minus 15 and a half, over under 42 and a half. Full disclosure, I took this over on Sunday night when it came out at 40. I took the under, excuse me, on Sunday night at 46. So I love it at 46. Obviously, it's down to 42 and a half. I still like it at 42 and a half, though. I just don't see how the Patriots, how the Patriots are going to allow the Redskins to score. 27-7, 27-7, final. There's your final. You get an under, you get a cover, you get the Patriots dominating, and it's another one of those big numbers that actually is, they're covering this year, right? The big numbers, most of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd lay the 15 and a half. I, I don't see how the Reds can score either. Except for that fluky Jets game where there was, I think, minus, what, and the pick, whatever, the pick, 30 to 14, yeah. yeah. And, uh, total steam down, it was 47 and a half. We've been all over New England unders this year, and it, they would be 4-0 if not for that stupid Jets game. So I don't care who's their quarterback for Washington, this game's gonna come under. They're not gonna have success against the New England defense that's playing one of the best historically that has been in this game, you know, that's been measured from the advanced statistical sites over the last 32 years, however they go back. Um, uh, so I like them. Washington D's 31st in points per drive, 31st in yards per drive. They can't stop anyone. So I do give some, some, uh, uh, some lean toward the Patriots covering that big number. Um, but I don't love laying a ton of points. I would tease them down. You take, give them six points. You're taking them down to nine and a half. I think that they easily. What's your other half of the teaser or the third team? The other half of the teaser, I'm probably doing, I mean, th- there's not a lot of things I like to tease down this, this week. Maybe Houston to plus one, but I, I would rather probably take a team like the Packers that I yeah, like tease them up to nine and a half yeah. or, or a, uh, or a Cardinals to plus nine because I don't think the Bengals are beating every, anybody by double digits. So. Um, it, I would look for a team to tease up and then take the Patriots down to minus nine and a half. But you like the Patriots and you like the under. I, I love the under and I'm kind of leaning toward the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. So we all love the under. Okay. <laughs> that I means we have to throw under. it in, don't we? 
It does. Yeah, that's why we wanted to ask you about it. So we're going to toss in the under on the Patriots. It's down to 42. So fine, right? We're fine right. with that, right? So now it's um, a five, now it's a five team parlay, right? That's right. And it pays Ooh, out. You can get rich. You can get rich on that one this week. Twenty we hit that five, one. basically twenty-five to one. And I'm going to encourage people. Remember, this show we're doing the audio, but it is also on YouTube.com/slash CBS Sports. The other thing that we do is a YouTube exclusive. It's not going to happen this week, but because I'm traveling for Connecticut, but it's going to be every Sunday night. The Super Friends do an early lines look ahead, and if you watch that on YouTube, you would have known that I said. Hammer the under on the, on the Patriots and hammer the Patriots because it's 14 or 14 and a half early on. It's going to move up and that under is going to move down. So if you want to bet on them early, make sure and check out that, uh, thing on youtube.com. Last game for you, Pete. We're going to ask you about the Texans and the Falcons. The te- the Texans minus five at home against the Atlanta Falcons over under 49. I got to tell you, I watched the Texans and pa- Panthers game a second time. I think Houston played really well. I think Houston's a good football team. And I don't think Atlanta is. I think the strength of the Texans getting after the passer with J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless playing like crazy. I mean, he's, he's, he's playing in a contract here. And then the strength of the Texans, which is getting guys open deep down the field, matches up really well with the weaknesses of the Falcons, which is blocking for Matt Ryan and holding up uh, on the back end. And I think Deshaun Watson has a big-time game, and the Texans roll the Falcons. Agree or disagree? I can't figure these two teams out for the life of me. I have no idea. I mean, seriously, what, what do we get from the Texans? How, you lose at home to Kyle Allen. I mean, what are we getting from you? Your offensive line gives up six sacks again. It's just, they shuffle the different guys in there. It's the same result. He takes a beating. He holds the ball too long, but he takes a beating. And on the other side, the Falcons' offensive line has been awful, the, and they've fallen behind in almost every game. And so for me, I have a hard time with this game. I, I don't really love the Texans minus the five and a half, but I don't really love the Falcons getting the five and a half. I, I'll pass. I, I can't figure this one out. I think that Atlanta offensive line is a big concern. It has been playing poorly, but now Mack and Javon Brown aren't, aren't practicing. McGarry and uh, Schweitzer are limited, so I don't even know who's going to line up on this offensive line. Um, Ryan's been off with his accuracy. Maybe that's a product of the offensive line issues, not knowing that he doesn't have time to throw. Atlanta D is 30th in points allowed per drive. They won in Philly due to takeaways, so you got to get takeaways. I don't know if Watson's going to give him next. He's a pretty good quarterback. So I'm going to lay it. My best bet is Texans minus five. Uh, it seems like a lot. It seems tough, tough to trust this Houston team, but we talked about last week with Atlanta. They struggle against AFC teams we couldn't figure out why but we knew that they did they were 0 and 11 against the spread uh, against the afc teams now it's 0 and 12 and if you go back to the last 27 it's 5 and 22 against the spread so they just do not play well when they're playing teams that they are unfamiliar with and since if texans are in the afc i think go ahead and just lay the points if this was three it would be an easy pick for me i, I five is a it's a weird number for me mm-hmm. i i would probably lean to the texans but i i don't love them either way okay well uh, rj and i both had the texans as the best bet i just think what we saw from Houston, people are going to look at that Houston game and see that they lost to Kyle Allen and the Panthers and look at this line and be like, the Falcons are a lock and take, I think everybody's going to be on Atlanta. Uh, and I don't think Atlanta is a very good football team. I don't only- And I'm surprised by the way. What's that? I'm surprised they're not. And that, that's, I mean, they're going to have wholesale changes there if they don't turn that thing around. Everybody's gone. I mean, Dan Quinn, I think there's a 30% chance he gets fired in the bye week. I don't know if Blank will do that on the bye week. Who, who do you who who takes over? Kirk Cutter. No, they're not going to do that. They will not. They do don't that. You think so? I don't think so. Maybe they let him write it out. We'll see. Uh, so, all right, let's get Pete out of here. Pete's got more sports line to do, more HQ to do. You Maybe the defensive coordinator could take. Oh wait, that's Dan Quinn. Pete, don't 
Don't stand up and leave until we finish. The, let the video go away because we were doing this for YouTube. <laughs> so we already showed you Pete's best bets. We've got our uh, we've got our pick six parlay in though, and we are going with the 49ers minus three and a half, the Bills plus three, the Cowboys under 47, and the Saints under 47, right? And the Patriots under 42 and a half. The five team. Get rich. Get rich. Put. put- 10,000 on it. You don't have to work next year. Don't put 10,000 on it. No, don't do that. Whatever you do, do not put 10,000 on it. It pays 25 to 1, though. Not bad. 250, so, uh, lar- 250 large. There you go. Put 250 large on it. and, and No, uh, no. And I said if you put 10 grand on it, you get 250 large. Good luck with that. You going to do that, Brenton? Do not put 10 grand on this parlay. <laughs> no. Whatever you do, don't put 10 grand on this parlay. Watch, watch it come in big and <laughs> some guy's going to go, God, he told me not to do it. And then when it, then when it goes over for five, no, don't do that because it's probably pretty much guaranteed loser when you put that many teams in it, right? It's hard to do. That's why. Uh, All right. Right. Follow Pete on Twitter at Briscoe CBS. Watch him on Sportsline and on HQ. And we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thanks. Hi, Greg Rosenthal. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Big Six Podcast. I don't know why I'm saying welcome back. Back for the break. Pete's gone. He vanished into thin air. And now the handsome quotient is cranked way up, isn't it, RJ? <laughs> what uh, what statistics? Fifty more handsome. What statistics did you get cited on a on a on a very big podcast, the Bill Simmons podcast, the BS show, or whatever? Oh, I think Joe Howe said something about the um, I said the uh, when the Seahawks when the Seahawks lost to the Saints and the Saints were able to get a 265 yards of offense and give up 515 yards of defense, and my split of when a team gives up 500 plus yards of of uh, you know to the other team on the defensive side and then gains 270 yards or less, they are now two and 50, you know, straight up since 2007, uh, with wow. the, the Saints being one of those. So they were one and 50 going into that game. They managed to pull it off just because of those two early touchdowns and, and the offense didn't play that well. And that's one of the reasons we like fading them coming into the next, the, you know, the next week against the Cowboys and offense still didn't play well in that game and they still got the win. So, you know, who, who's the idiot now? It's this guy right here. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I think I was, uh, Kyle Brandt name checked me on, on Simmons podcast, but it was for, uh, it, once again, Kyle feels compelled to point out that I uh, was part of mono Twitter and made out a bunch in college. So, uh, <laughs> good for me. Never had mono actually, but I got that going for me. Kyle likes, uh, mentioning that for me. Um, I gotta to go back to my rundown. You know, I have all these restaurants up, uh, from Fort, La- my brother is in Fort Lauderdale right now. Maybe I should tell him to come by the CBS offices. Do and, it. And her, you guys, what do you think? I think it'd be awesome. Just kidding. Oh, Charlie could have done the podcast with us. Why didn't I think about that? Um, it have filled in for Pete after he left. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. Charlie's a good, Charlie's a good time. Uh, let's move along to Bears at Raiders. Bears minus five and a half over under 40 and a half. This game being played. You know, I'm not going to do the British accent. I'm not going to do it. Being played in Tottenham. First ever game, right? Being played in Tottenham, I believe, RJ. Lovely Britain town, eh? Oh, Jesus. Um, so yeah, it's a brand new stadium that, that the Spurs just moved into in Tottenham. Um, so it, it's an interesting field because they have the soccer pitch at the, on the top and then it rolls away and then you have the synthetic turf underneath that, that's for football games and concerts and all that kind of thing. We don't know how teams are going to play on it, whether they go under or over for the total. Um, what we do know is that favorites play well in London. When you take that trip, being favored tends to help. 15 and 9 against the spread, including 9 and 4 when you're favored by more than a field goal, which is what we have in this game with the Bears at minus 5.5. Western teams playing, Eastern or Central teams are one and six against the spread. And that includes last year when the Raiders lost 27 to three to Seattle. Um, maybe there's more familiarity there with the Raiders, but I don't like the fact that they had to play in Indy. They won a big game. Then they immediately flew over and they're staying in the UK for a week. I don't think that that's going to gel very well with all the commitments, you know, they have. I know that Watford tweeted out that, uh, the Watford soccer team that they, they were there and they kind of did something together. So, um, there's a lot, a lot of push and pull of what's going on. I don't think it focuses you very well. I think the Bears are going to come in ready to roll. Um, Oakland's below average offense is going to struggle against that elite d- defense and it's a revenge game for Khalil Mack. We know that he's ready to explode on this game. Chase Daniel had a solid day against a good Minnesota defense when he pu- was pressed into action. I think he'll play well with a week full of starter snaps. I don't see how the Raiders can rally late against this defense. If they fall behind, there's not going to be a backdoor cover. I think the Bears are going to win this game pretty easily just with their defense and then Chase Daniel will do enough to get it done. We'll cover by, you know, maybe even a touchdown. They'll win by double digits. Yeah, I'm with you here. When you look at, I don't, I didn't understand the line originally. And, um, I wanted to bet it at, uh, I think I wanted to bet it at like four when it were four and a half and I got down there. I was frankly so petrified by the number. I mean, this is a, look at this. Mac has more sacks than the, almost as many sacks as the Raiders since, since he was traded. He has more forced fumbles than the freaking Raiders. Almost as many defensive touchdowns. He's going to come out angry as hell. And go after them. And John Gruden said last year, before the, before the Raiders game in London, that he doesn't like flying that far because it gives him vertigo for like a month. They go over there, they get waxed in Oak, waxed in London. They come back, they lose their next three games by a combined score of negative 54 points. Um, point differential, excuse me. I, I don't see how the Bears don't destroy them here. What what is that? What is what is the game script where the Raiders win this game? Because I, I know weird stuff happens in London, but I just don't understand how this isn't a destructive game by the Braves double play by the um, by the uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears. Yeah, I don't know what the game script is. I think it has to be the Raiders stepping up and playing just as well defensively and, and putting Chase Daniel on his back and kind of taking the, the Chiefs, uh, the Bears to task. And then the Raiders escape with like a, a 13 to 12 win or a 12 to 10 win, like we saw with that Cowboys and Saints game. So it's got to be some kind of ugly defensive game like that for the Raiders to win, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess take the under too, right? Do you like the under? You do, right? Yeah, um, you know, I, like, we we don't know. We have no data on this new field, so who knows? But um, yeah, with the with the Bears defense in play, probably yeah, just take the under. Uh, Bears, by the way, on the money line minus two forty. I could see putting them in a money line parlay with some some other teams, maybe like the Texans minus two twenty, Panthers minus one eighty. Talk myself into it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you that RJ has the Bears is the best bet. I don't, but I really like him. Uh, Vikings minus five and a half at the Giants over under 44. 
I'm going to tell you right now, RJ, I'm going to be playing a whole lot of Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen in DFS this weekend. I think that Cousins, this is a, it's a squeaky wheel. Let's take some play action shots down the field against a terrible pass defense. Show people we can score in the pass game. Get everybody to shut up and be happy for a week and blow the doors off the bad Giants team uh, with some play action shots. Your thoughts? And you're not going to play Diggs because he's going to be traded by that point, right? <laughs> he might be. Who knows? He could be in the Bills. He could be in the CFL for all we know. Uh, my my play in this, I wouldn't mess with the spread. It's too many points to lay. I think the Vikings do win handily, but he, are you going to really trust Kirk Cousins on the road, even in, against a bad team? You know, he's shown that he can beat bad teams, um, but I don't know if I want to trust him. Daniel Jones has played really well. He's facing a top ten Vikings unit now. It's a whole new test for him. That defense has had one bad quarter. That first quarter against Green Bay. Aside from that, they've played really well. Eighth in net yards per pass attempt. Seventh in yards per rush allowed. They can stop you passing or running the ball. The Giants team played well last week against an unready quarterback. They were awful. Before before that, the Giants are dealing with a bigger injury, so that kind of leans you more to the Vikings. Maybe you tease them down to around a pick. I think they grind this one out on the ground. The defense does its job. Game goes under. My lean would be under 44. I know I play the unders a lot. I just I tend to look for the spots where I think the under is a better play than the over, and I think that the market tends to overprice the over a lot of times. So I'm kind of only, typically only looking to play unders here and there, not looking to play the total of every game, but this seems to be one where it shakes out, where the Vikings run the ball a lot. The Giants don't do much against a great defense, and then it goes under 44. Yeah, and even I think if my situation where the Giant, where the Vikings take a bunch of shots down the field uh, on play action, even if that happens, it's not going to preclude this game from going over. I mean, the Vikings want to get it, go into New York, snuff out a bad team and a rookie quarterback with a defense. But rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks have not done well against Mike Zimmer coach defenses. Uh, really put it to the, to the Giants who are probably not going to have Saquon Barkley. I mean, it's insane that he's even like considering coming back for this game with the Patriots on the coming up on Thursday on a short week. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I would lean under as well. Um, I, I probably going to have the, I'm probably going to have taken the Vikings minus five and a half once it gets to Sunday. Uh, that's who I would take in Pickham's pools. Um, but I, it, it is a lot of points on the road, even though they're a much better team. More points though, but not on the road. Eagles hosting the Jets. Eagles minus 13 and a half, over under 44, uh, also over, over under half a spleen shattered by Sam Darnold. What do you think? Not only am I going to go with the Jets at plus 13 and a half like an idiot, I'm going to make him a best bet. And this is why since 2017, the favorites of 13 plus a non-conference games are two and seven against the spread. It's a, it's a small sample size, but you get these games where you expect one team to blow out the other and it doesn't typically happen. We know Adam Gase is a bad coach, right? Everybody knows that. Uh, but he was five and zero against the spread with Miami with extra time to prepare. So he actually does know how to game plan and take it to a team when he's had some extra time. We know that Luke Falk is horrendous, but he went 20 of 25 when he was pressed into duty on Monday Night Football after Simeon did absolutely nothing with that offense. And of course they got blasted by New England. I'm not going to downgrade and because he got blasted by New England, everybody does. Um, Philadelphia's number one run, run D and adjusted line yard, so maybe Le- Le'Veon Bell doesn't get going, but he hasn't really played that well anyway. But that Philly D line that we expect to be really good rushing the passer is only 32nd in pass defense in sack rate. So that's they're not getting the, the pressure that we would expect from them. I don't think the Jets' defense has been that bad. They're 10th in pass DVOA and 11th in rush DVOA, 13th in points per drive they allowed. They're not like a horrible unit. They're at least average, maybe slightly above average. Philly has just one win of more than six since the beginning of 2018. This isn't a team that blows people out over the last year plus. So it seems crazy, but I think Jets plus 13 and a half, it's just a great spot for the Jets coming off that buy. I'm going to go ahead and take those 13 and a half points and probably going to put him in the super contest. As crazy as it sounds. Wow. That the Eagles don't have 
a win of more than six points since the start of 2018? They have, like, they have like one. Or one. How is that possible? They just win these close games. They they and they and let people back into games because that secondary, you remember, was bad last year. It's playing bad this year, and teams can score late on them. Now, we think Luke Falk is terrible, but I don't see why he can't throw some some deep passes to Robbie Anderson or to these Jets receivers. I think Sam, I think Sam Darnold's playing. He's made it sound like he's yeah. going to play. And if Sam Darnold, even better, because that line's going to steam down after this. So if you get it at 13 and a half and Darnold plays. What does the line move to with Darnold? Um, nine and a half at least, maybe yeah. even lower. So maybe the time now would be now while you're listening to this. It's already moved to 13. Interesting. Sounds like the, I mean, the buzz seems like Darnold's going to play. It's insane for him to go out there. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, yeah. I, wow. Okay. It, it, this does feel like another line too, RJ, where sort of like the Browns, it's like you have to take plus three and a half, don't you? It's like you have to take the Eagles. It's only 13 and a half points. Like they're a much better team. And the last impressions we saw of them, yada, yada, yada. Sorry. I, I, you, you might have taught me into moving my, uh, moving my picks pools to the other side. We'll see how, uh, we'll see how much I like you for it after, after this week. That's all I'm here for is to help you switch your picks pools picks. That's, that's all. Hey, thank you. I'm glad that, I mean, that's your full time job. Broncos at the Chargers, <laughs> minus six and a half. Another stanky, stanky line. Six and a half. We saw the Chargers demolish the Dolphins in Miami. It's October. The Chargers no longer stink like they did before. They went out and signed a real kicker for this this time around. Uh, the Broncos lost Bradley Chubb to an ACL. They are 0-4. They seemingly can't find ways to, to scrap together a win or even really cover. Chubb was one of their best defensive players alongside Von Miller. And yet, it's only 6.5 in Los Angeles, and you like the Broncos, don't you? My best bet's the Broncos. I think they deserve better than 0-4. That offense actually ranks 12th in DVOA. The offense is 6th in yards per drive, but just 23rd in points per drive. They're just not closing out drives, but they are moving the ball. The D hasn't played well, but they've been banged up, and I think it takes time to adjust to Fangio's scheme. They're getting healthier minus, of course, Chubb is out. We know Chubb is out, but they're getting healthier aside from that. Only Jewel and Callahan were DNPs to start the week. Uh, Juwan James is back at practice. That would be a huge upgrade to have him back. And Chargers are still incredibly banged up. They lose key players week in and week out. This time it's Melvin Ingram. So you chop your uh, great pass rush in half, and you only have to worry about Joey Bosa now. Um, that makes it easier for the Broncos' offense. Chargers are not a good home field advantage. Two six and one against the spread when they're favored by three and a half or more since the start of 2018, and that push was only due to the overtime. That was the Week One uh, Colts game that was tied at regulation, and and the the line closed at six. So when the Chargers won by six, I'm sure a lot of people got it plus six and a half, and we cashed that anyway. So it's not like they're doing very well. Both teams have long drives on offense. It's going to shorten the game, give a give a big dog here a better chance to cover. And yeah, I see another close game here for Denver and I'll play this with doesn't have a good home field and give me the six and a half points. Mm. All right. Yeah, again, I was kind of leading I gotta tell you, like there's a couple there's just a couple games out there that the closer we get sort of to the weekend, like initially when I put my picks in, I was like, ah, the Chargers, please. This is I'm going with my gut. I like the Chargers. Same thing, it's like Eagles, please. We're gonna take that. And the closer we get to the weekend, the more it just feels like a really sucker public line. Is that, do you think there's a case of that for a lot of those out there? Yeah, cause he seems like the Broncos and the Jets, nobody wants to bet them. Like you see, you, the last thing you saw with the Jets was them getting manhandled by the Patriots before they go into a bye. Everybody, and they think that Luke Falk might start. If Sam Donald starts, he's obviously not 100%. So nobody wants to take them. So of course the line's going to be inflated because the pack, the Eagles just upset the Packers. And then you get the same thing with the, uh, the, uh, the other team and these Broncos, you know, they're 0 and 4. They could be 2 and 2. They've actually played well in both those home games, lost them at the very end. Maybe 3 and 1, honestly. If this, if they're two and two going into this game with the way the Chargers have been very, you know, Frankenstein lurch back and forth, what's this line? Three and a half or four, probably? I mean, we're yeah. probably getting good value with the actual value of the team with how they've played as opposed to the results just looking at the 0 and 4 record. 
Yeah, that's a good point. All right, two more games left. Cardinals at the Bengals. Bengals minus three, over under 47 and a half. It's, it's crazy that the Bengals would be favored uh, in this game after how bad they looked on Monday Night Football, but here we are. It's because the Cardinals' defense stinks. They're coming to Cincinnati. It's a 1 o'clock game. Andy Dalton doesn't have to deal with primetime. I like the Bengals here, and I really like the over. I think we can see a ton of points scored. Neither defense is very good. Kyler Murray should have time, more time to throw. I think Andy Dalton can, can give us, uh, let's say, I think he can get to 30 points. I think an Andy Dalton Auden Tate DFS stack is a pretty nice little move this week. And, uh, I, I don't mind playing Kyler Murray either, even without Christian Kirk. My lean would be to the Cardinals. If it was three and a half, I'd be a lot stronger on them now that it's just three. Um, I'm just going to go that. I think there's not really a ton to like about either team, so I'm not going to pump Arizona up too much, but they've run the ball well. They're fifth in DVOA rush offense, 10th in yards per carry. And teams, when they beat the Bengals, they choose to run it all over them. They've, Bengals have seen the fewest pass attempts in the league because teams just run it all over them and get their points that way. Arizona's weakness is the secondary with Patrick Peterson still out, but I think that's mitigated with A.J. Green still out, and now John Ross is on the IR, so you don't have to defend as many good playmakers. And the Cincy DK can't hold on to the ball. Ten turn since the Oakland turned on the ball. Ten turnovers already. Arizona's only turned the ball over four times. We expect it to be worse with how bad that offense is. But the line, the offensive line's been doing their job. Murray's been running around, getting the ball out, and the offense has kind of uh, impressed me a little bit. You think the offenses are equally bad? Well, Arizona scores on thirty-four percent of their drives, which is seventeenth in the league. Since he scores on twenty-three point nine percent of their drives, it's twenty-ninth in the league. There's a huge gap between them. I think the the Cardinals are just you know regular, mediocre to bad, while the Bengals are a step below that. So. I'm not going to lay three points with the Bengals here. I think if you play it, you should play the Cardinals. Okay. And finally, the do you like the over, by the way? Um, yeah, I would probably uh, lean to the over. I just worry about how um, the Bengals score a ton of points with now, you know, Ross is out with Green, so they're not going to be hitting a lot of big plays, you would think, even against a bad They could be seven, eight, could be seven three at halftime, and they're like, Dinking and dunking around. Who knows? Um, the Cardinals stink. So do the Bengals. Jaguars and Panthers. Panthers minus three and a half over under 41. Another kind of stinky one. Three and a half. That hook makes you want to take the Jaguars. I have no interest in Jacksonville. I think this Carolina Panthers defense is elite. One of the best defenses in football. It's backed up. Football Outsiders has them, uh, as the fifth best overall defense up from ninth last week. Fourth against the pass somehow. 29th against the run. Um, they have, they get, they get sacks and sacks and sacks. I know Kawan Short's gone, but Vernon Butler's starting to flash a little bit of potential. Mario Addison playing well. Uh, Brian Burns dinged up, but, but he, uh, he has been excellent when he's been out there. I like Carolina here. I think they roll Jacksonville. Ron Rivera's throwing stuff at quarterbacks, RJ, and I'm not sure that my man, Mr. Menchu, the inspiration for this luxurious beard of mine is, uh, he's completing 69% of his passes. That's great. Swell even, but I don't think that he can, uh, live up to the hype in Carolina in this game. The D has played awesome in Carolina, but it's bad versus the run, 28th in yards per carry, 29th in DVOA, and they're super banged up. There were eight guys that didn't practice on the team on Thursday as, as they were on Wednesday. Most of those were on defense. One of the additions on Thursday was Gerald McCoy. So now you got Gerald McCoy not practicing, Brian Burns not practicing, Dante Jackson, Eric Reed, just the names start to pile up. Uh, Jacksonville being the much healthier team, I would lean to them at plus three and a half. Um, he's done a better job protecting the ball of the two quarterbacks Minshew has over Allen. Uh, no interceptions in his last three games while Allen just fumbles the ball over and over. Um, I think that Jacksonville D-line will get after it and come after the ball, and that's going to be a problem with Allen. And one or two big fumbles could, could uh, you know, decide this game. So even if the Panthers are, are up in this game 10, I think uh, Minshew can rally them back. He's shown in the fourth quarter he's just been amazing. So he can come in and get you that, that back to recover with the three. So my lean would be the Jacksonville, but I don't love them. So I'm just going to lean them and not make it a best bet. 
Okay. Um, one question for you. Have you ever heard of the Buffarella Genuine Italian Gourmet Sandwich Shop? No. Really? Is anybody Debo, have you heard of the Buffarella Sandwich Shop? Huh, interesting. My brother just went there today. He said uh, it's the best sandwich he's ever had. It's on. Uh, it's in Oakland Park in Fort Lauderdale. I've seen people and had heard about it. You said Buffa. I was thinking B-O-F-A. I'm like, he's setting me up for something. Buffarella. Buffarella. Mm-hmm. Bo- oh, you thought it was a Buffa joke? Yeah. You think I would do a Buffa joke to you on the podcast while we're doing like live YouTube? For instance, the one thing I know about you is you would definitely do a Buffa <laughs> joke on the podcast. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fair. All right. Let's get to our best bets. Pete's best bets. I'll recap them real one more time. Steelers, Chiefs over. Steelers are plus three against Baltimore at home. Bucks plus three and a half versus New Orleans. Green Bay plus three and a half versus at Dallas. Buffalo, Tennessee under 38 and a half. And the San Francisco 49ers minus three and a half against Cleveland. RJ, walk me through your best bets. Yeah, I'm taking Chicago minus five and a half versus Oakland in London. I like the under on the Pats game like I always do under 42 and a half. I'm going with the Jets plus 13 and a half at Philly's crazy as it sounds. Taking the under on Bucks and Saints. I think the Saints are going to keep being an under team with Bridgewater there. Houston minus five versus Atlanta. It's a weird line, but I think Atlanta is just bad, especially on the offensive line. And then Denver plus six and a half at the Chargers. I think this is going to be the week for Denver. They might even win that game. Mm, all right. My best bets. I got a pile of them. Yikes. Uh, I got two, I got three unders. Tampa Bay and New Orleans, Green Bay and Dallas, New England, Washington. And bear in mind, I told you I took it at 46. If you took it earlier in the week, I'd still take it at 42 and a half. Uh, and then I like the Arizona Cincinnati over 47 and a half. I also like Carolina minus three and a half against Jacksonville, Houston minus five against Atlanta, Dallas minus three and a half against Green Bay. Am I? Have I gone public? Oh, boy. And uh, Buffalo plus three at Tennessee, regardless of who plays quarterback in that spot. Any uh, Anything you hate or love on that list, RJ? Um, I'm not a huge fan of Carolina like we were just talking about. Dallas, I think you go either way. Tyron Smith is, is a big loss for me, so I wouldn't want to lay three and a half with Dallas. I think you got to get it at at least three if you're playing it. And the rest of them okay. look pretty good to me. All right. That's okay. All right. As long as I do want you to say, like, like, go through eight games you didn't like on my list of eight games. So. <laughs> That'd be hurtful. Uh, okay, that's it for us. Make sure and watch the show on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports. You can go hit the video button there and look for the Green Pick 6 podcast logo. Subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, you can, if you have gambling questions for this weekend, fantasy questions for this weekend, I will be on the Facebook group. It's uh, Just go to Facebook.com and search for Pick 6 Podcast. I will jump on there throughout the weekend and answer questions. And in the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening to RJ. Talk to you next week, man. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.